So what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, skills, strategies, and systems of successful entrepreneurs so that together we can learn from their experiences, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur. And I am on a mission, a big mission to help 7.8 billion people achieve success personally, professionally, and financially by empowering their minds and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guest is someone who I've been looking forward to speaking with now for weeks. He's the CEO of Carrot.com, where they create websites for real estate professionals that drive leads and help create predictable business. They have helped thousands of investors gain over a million leads online. And those numbers are impressive, but I'm more impressed with this man's philosophy of creating a business that starts and ends with purpose. Mm-hmm. He recognized through his own journey of building a business that hit the Inc. 5000 list that there's more important patterns to learn as entrepreneurs besides just making money that will allow you to prevent burnout and increase the likelihood of true success and internal fulfillment. Today, we're going to dive deep into his story, learn about what encouraged him to become an entrepreneur, understand some of the challenges he faced during that journey, and we're going to tap into hopefully something that he calls the entrepreneurial freedom formula. So help me in welcoming Trevor Mock. What's up, Trevor? Marlon, dude, I I appreciate it, man. You've got the best introduction skills of any podcaster that I've I've been on possibly ever. And I didn't know you're a parkour athlete. Are there any are there any videos up on the internet I can go check out and see your skills, man? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll I'll send you some <laughs> actually. Awesome. Like it, you're gonna see in my old videos, I used to have dreadlocks and it's yeah, like yeah. a totally different person. That and recently cool. even I got back into training. So I'll send you some videos for sure. Very cool, man. Now, I'm I'm pumped to be here and I appreciate uh you inviting me on. Yeah, I appreciate having you. You know, it's um when I was at Pace's Mastermind a few, maybe about two months back, you popped yeah. in. Totally wasn't expecting you. It was really interesting. I think you just happened to be in town. You jumped in, you came up to the front and you spoke and you inspired a really cool thing that I'm now doing with my mom where I'm interviewing her yeah. because you just put things into perspective on why we even became entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. For that, I got to say thank you. And, you know, at that moment, I said, I, I need to have you come on to the podcast because it's what I got from you is so valuable mm-hmm. that I want to share it with the audience. Dude, I I, I appreciate it, man. It's funny th- how things happen, right? Because I wasn't planning on being there that day. I I was I was in town for our company retreat, our carrot company retreat. And we have about 60 employees and people came from all around the, the, you know, the country to be there. And myself and my videographer, we were traveling back. So I was meeting with Brent Daniels earlier that, that day and a bunch of people. I texted Pace and I'm like, dude, are you around? He goes, I got my, my mastermind going on. And uh, and he goes, uh, stop by. I go, okay, cool. Like, I don't have much time, but I'll, I'll stop by. We had our bags with us on the way to the airport and stuff. And dude, the cool thing, this is one of the things like Pace is such a giver is, you know, I, I go there and he gave up one of their speaking slots in front of your mastermind. To me, I didn't ask for it, but he saw like, dude, I want to add value to the, uh, value to that room. And I, I was so grateful for being able to do that. I had no warning. He's like, dude, do you want to get up and, and talk about something? And I said, I said, sure. When he goes like, how about 10 minutes from now? Okay, dude, I'll, I'll talk about the fundamentals uh, as much as I can get through in 20 minutes. 
on how I think people should be thinking differently to make sure that we're running our businesses the right way so the business doesn't run us, so the business drives our few, drives our passions, so the business doesn't get built in a way where we, end up, where we end up despising the thing that we built that we hoped would give us freedom and actually ended up trapping us because so, so, so many of us do that. So I'm pumped to dig in here and share uh, anywhere I can. Yeah, so I'm excited to dig into that. So before we dig into that, I want to, for the people who are listening to this, who have never heard of you, who've never heard of Carrot, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not investing in real estate. A lot of my people and listeners are real estate investors, but some aren't. You know, yeah. can you give them a little bit of a background on ultimately how you started to step into this world of entrepreneurship and how you started to run this very now successful company? Mm-hmm. Dude, I'll, I'll give the, the shortest version I can. So I got I got into entrepreneurship, honestly, um, kind of by happenstance. I bought my first property when I was in college at 21 years old in college, had no money, no credit, didn't know anything about real estate. And I remember my dad had bought this Carlton Sheets course, like from the infomercial, literally, you know, the $500, the no money down course. And uh, this would have been back in 2004. And he had it sitting there and I was starting to kind of show some interest that I didn't want to go get a job after college. I had no clue what I wanted to do, but I was going to college in one of those throwaway degrees is entrepreneurship and marketing. It's like, what do you do with that? Um, and uh, so he had the course and he said, Hey, you know what? Um, I'll make a deal with you. You can, you can have this course and not have to pay me for the course. If you buy a deal from using this, the, the concepts in this within the next year. But if you accept this offer and you don't buy a property using the concepts in this within a year, you've got to pay me 500 bucks. And so I go, okay, uh, you know, game on, let's make it happen. So it took me about eight months uh, of a lot of second guessing myself, a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of everything you can, I'm too young. I don't have any money. I don't know how to buy properties? How am I ever, ever going to figure out how to run a four unit building? I don't have any credit, like every excuse, right? And in about eight months in, I ended up acquiring a four unit property uh, with none of my own money. And I still own that property today on, on Instagram. Yesterday, I actually posted a little, a little video of an email I got from my property manager. He runs our construction over there as well in the properties. And uh, we just renovated some of the units, added about $50,000 in and um, equity to the properties with that one renovation only cost seven grand. And so I still have that one today. But after that, Marlon, it just really, really turned into how can I, how can I now um, really build businesses and have freedom, right? Not have to be tied down by what someone else's vision is. But if I have a vision, I can go create something that fulfills that vision. But how do I do it in a way and really figure out how to build business? And dude, I've been through uh, probably seven businesses now, about three have failed, completely failed miserably. Uh, so if any of you guys and gals are on that brink or you've had a business fail, uh, it's like they say, you know, it's oftentimes your best learning is from your failures, not your wins. And so, uh, and I've had two businesses that have done insanely well in the eight figure range. And um, like I said, three have failed and one or two have just kind of been sitting there that are just hanging out. See, I, I love that. And by the way, you just gave me a great idea. My brother's going to hate me because I'm coming back to him this week and I'm telling yeah. him access to some course material and I'm going to give him the same challenge your dad gave you where it's like, hey, if you don't do anything in a year, you're you're coming back with a paycheck for me. Dude, the challenges work, man. Like here, here's the crazy thing. Do you mind if I tell you another like one minute story on, on challenges and how Absolutely. effective they are? So uh, fast forward through all that, you know, in what car- carrot today, we have about 8,000 customers. If people were to Google, like sell my house fast 
insert any city or state in the country or any phrase and motivate house seller with type or a land seller or a mobile home seller or even cash buyers. You're probably going to find a carrot site controlling Google, you know, eight, uh, three to eight carrot sites controlling page one in Google, 90,000 leads a month come through our system, hundreds of millions of dollars in deals are, are initiated through our system a year, every single year with our clients. Biggest names, you know, Brent Daniels, Pace, they're customers of ours. So uh, in, anyway, my brother, when, when we had started Carrot in 2014, my younger brother uh, started helping help me with support. So I was the support guy for the first you know, about a year. And I hired my younger brother and he was he was the same kind of mindset where like he wanted to try to fit figure business out, but he was a lot more risk averse than I was. And so he he started to do support with me, but I could see that his passion was a side project he had. And he's always been an athlete, played D1 uh, baseball. And he's always like connected with people really well. He lived in Phoenix for a few years in Scottsdale, and he was deeply tied into the athlete community there. And so he had this company called Athletes Brand, and they made t-shirts and they'd partner with major league baseball players or pro soccer players or a couple football players, a couple NBA guys. They'd make a cool design and then they would sell that shirt and then they would give the uh, half the profits to the charity of the choice of that athlete. And it was really cool, but it wasn't a scalable business. And so he was starting it and he was working with me and Marlon, what was happening was I could see that he was not stepping into really growing that business and taking the leap because he had a paycheck from me. And I started to talk to him like, dude, are you passionate about this? He goes, no, I, I like the work, but I don't want to do this forever. You know, support for care. And I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? Well, I've got this thing over here and I want to, I want to make it happen. And I told him, I said, Kyle, I said, uh, you're never going to make that business work until you get the crutch out from underneath you of the paycheck that you're working with me. And the challenge I gave him, this would have been in, in December. End of December, I said, I said, I love you. And I'm doing this because I love you. Um, you no longer have a job with me April 1st. And I'm doing it because I love you. So I want to set you free to go out there and force yourself to pay your bills with your business. Because until he had that pressure where he had to pay his bills with the business, he wasn't going to make it happen. Here's what, here's the crazy thing, dude. Then I'll wrap this story. And this is how, like, when you put the intention out to the world, it truly does oftentimes conspire to help you be successful. We did that. He put the intention out to the world that he, he was going to make it work. I asked him, how much money do you need uh, by April 1st to make this business work? He gave me an amount. I think it was like 50 grand to be able to do this and do that and do this and do that. Probably didn't need that much, but that's what he thought he needed. Okay. And um, like the website and the marketing and whatever, all this stuff. And I said, okay, 50 grand. I said, you've got to figure out a plan then to get 50 grand by April 1st, apparently, or you've got to figure out a plan to make it happen for less than that. A week later, he gets an email. It goes into his spam. And this is when he's living down in Phoenix. Goes into spam. He never checks his spam. He calls me up. He's like, Trevor, he goes, um, I got an email from GoDaddy and they're making a Super Bowl commercial. And they said they're like in the finalists. And somehow my name was recommended from an employee at GoDaddy to go be a finalist for the Super Bowl commercial. I'm like, is it real? He goes, I think so. He talks with the casting people. They hop on with him. The, he's interviewed. He makes it in the finals. Everyone else had to go through this whole system. They literally plunked him right in the finals of this. Okay. He hits me up and he goes, he goes, Hey, so I'm in the finals of this thing. I'm, I'm thinking it's a joke still. He goes, they, they're flying me out to North Carolina to film the commercial. And they gave me a ticket. You want to come with me? This is a week after a week and a half after I gave him that deadline. Okay. We hop in an airplane. This is early January. We're in Nat, we're in uh, North Carolina in Charlotte. We're right by the speedway and we're thinking, go daddy, racetrack, Danica Patrick's going to be here, right? <laughs> and so literally we filmed the go daddy commercial 
with Dana, Danica Patrick. My brother had to pitch his business to her while racing in a race car where she's driving the car. And uh, he didn't win it, but he ended up getting almost $50,000 in sales from the promotion of that almost on April 1st. Like insane. You can't make that stuff up, dude. This is crazy. But you know what? That's It makes perfect sense to me. In fact, when I came out here to Arizona, a huge part that was driving that was my desire to grow. And I knew yep. that back home, I was too comfortable. And there had to be a release from that safety net of, yep. hey, just figure things out. And lo and behold, things started working. Business started gaining more traction. Connections started coming out of nowhere. So I'm a huge, huge believer. And I think it's important for people to hear these kinds of stories because they think that it's always this perfect plan before they initiate and yeah. what I find most often, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it's about clearly defining what the target is, yep. really just getting crystal clear. And this is what I'm going to do, not necessarily understanding the exact how, it's yeah. gonna happen, but just knowing what it is you want to create yep. and, and trusting that if you start moving in that direction, the rest will unveil itself. Dude, it, that, that's 100% it. So if we were to kind of talk about vision and where where everyone might be in, in this call, and this is a little bit what I talked about um, at Paces. I didn't have time to get into this, but I've got the entrepreneur freedom formula, right? Yeah. And over the years, I, I created that for myself. And I can I can bring it up on the screen here in a minute so people can see it visually. So over the years, as I've run these businesses and had some successes and failures, and and I had the vision, and I started in, uh, 10 years ago, I started writing down what I call my life vision story. I've got it with me in my bag over there. It's just in this little orange notebook. And um and it's still the same notebook from 10 years ago. I just go refresh it every year, right? And so what, what I do here, Marlon, is I, I like to look out 20 years, 10 years, and then five. Mm -hmm. And here's why. So if you're struggling right now, guys and gals, and you're trying to start a company or you're, or you're in the middle of it, or you're three years into your business, or you're thinking about starting a company, or it's, maybe it's not even a company. You're thinking about doing something that's just a big goal for you. It could be this massive fitness goal or something else. We have to have a vision that takes us out so far that we're required to remove the limiting beliefs, uh, like you were saying, on how we're going to get to that. So I started making my visions like five years out. And the problem with that is, is that's so close that all the limiting beliefs that you're currently living with in your life are still fully embedded into that five-year you. Mm. You're going, yeah, but but this and but this and but this and but this, how am I going to change all that in five years? You, you'll lower your barrier. You'll, you'll restrict the vision that you create. So then I do 20 years out because 20 years out. So I've just turned 40 this year. When I refresh my, my, uh, my 20 year vision, that was me at 60 years old. And I'll literally write it at the doc, the top of that page. All right. The years is what is it? 20, 20, 40, 20, 43. I'm 60 years old and blah. And I just start to literally write it in story format. The second I wake up on that day to the second I go to bed and I call it my ideal average day. If I had to, like, if you're forced to wake up to this day, every day, like this, this, this schedule, basically different interactions, right? But this schedule, um, and those types of experiences, would I be insanely pumped and fulfilled that this is how my day would be. And you write it from like the second you wake up, uh, I'm in a room. What does a room look like? Right. Um, is there a window? What's outside of that window? Who's next to you? What are the first conversations you have? And I'll just do it in vivid detail. I, I'm wake, I wake up and I'm in a uh, you know, bedroom with high vaulted ceilings with a giant window to my right overlooking a body of water. And I even say like the view on my deck with the pool, it's inspiring. It's got lush, you know, lush garden greens all around it and da, 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 da. 
the sun, uh, literally the sunrise comes up in my eyes. I wrote this before we live in our current house and the house we moved into in 2016. It wasn't until we renovated the house and we did this. I did not plan this. Our designer came in and said, in your bedroom, you have a small window there. I think we should bust this out and make a 12 foot sliding glass door. I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. And so they did it. It was probably a week after that door was done and the renovation of our bedroom was done. I'm laying there. I wake up sunrise coming up over the river that we bought the house on with the pool. I'd live in the house for two years before that happened. And it didn't hit me until that moment. I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I wrote 10 years ago. Exactly. And so get crazy, crazy specific on that to the point to where you read that back to yourself and you almost get emotional. You're like, dude, if that's my life, that's amazing. Like this is the most exciting story I've read all year. And then you take it and do the same thing 10 years out. You go, okay, if that's going to be my life in, in 20 years and also put in there like everything, you can put numbers in there if you want to, but it's more about like the experience you're going to have and the person you're going to become, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to work, what time are you going to go to work? Do you drive to work? Do you walk to work? What do you drive? Is it a walk to your house? What does the office look like when you're doing work? What type of work are you doing? Who are you doing work with? Do you have lunch? Who do you have lunch with? Do you work out? Who do you work out with? When do you work out? What do you do? Like all that right? You're, 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 you're crafting the person that you're going to become. And then you walk it back in 10 and say, okay, in 20, 32, you know, 20, 33, I'm going to be 50 years old. I'll even put where I think my kids are going to be at that time, what age they're going to be. And then you walk it back to the five. And then here's where I'm going to go. I'll toss it back to you. Once you hit the five, now you're bringing it closer and you say, okay, let me write my five year now. And you do the same thing, your ideal average day. Okay, I wake up and I say, where am I waking up in five years? If if it's five years from now and that, and here's my 10-year life and it's this house or this, every, whatever it is, and this is my work and this is the, the type of work I want to do, what must be true in five years to make it so I can achieve that 10? Okay, once you nail the five, now then we look at our business and we say, if that's my five, what must my business look like in order to reach that? And what must I do this year? in order to build the business that will accomplish that life in five years. And that'll help you to make those decisions very easily. A lot of people skip the whole vision part. That's the thing that drives you through the hard times. Okay. When people quit six months in, three months in, it's because they're looking at trying to solve a problem now, this week, this quarter, this year of income or whatever. They're not looking 20 years, 10 years, five years out and saying, this is the life. I'm going to be patient till I get there. Um, and it's okay if I don't get there in six months, it's okay if I don't get there in a year, as long as I'm making progress on it, you've got to have the vision. Otherwise you'll quit too easy. See, Trevor, I absolutely love that. And I'm smiling the whole time because it gives light to that saying without vision, the people will perish. Dude, yeah. It's funny because even like, as you described your house, I'm thinking about the house that I, I live in here and that I own now. And I would always write down that I'm going to have a home. It's going to have a pool. It's going to have high ceilings just because yeah. I like high ceilings. And this is like one day I was laying and I was like, wait a second. I'm in the house that I was describing. I would write crazy? it down in my journal. And it's yeah. just to your point, sometimes you don't notice it. Mm-hmm. And so what I like there is you really talk about this idea of getting the vision and really picturing the end, getting the end in mind first. So actually starting with the finish. And working backwards to that point. Yep. So yep, if I recall correctly, that's like your first step. Like when you're looking at the the entrepreneurial formula, that's the the first thing that you really have people work on doing is just getting clarity on that vision, right? It is, man. Let me see if I can't pull 
this up because I think it'd be really valuable for those watching the video version of this uh, to be able to, to be able to look at this because I think this will bring it all all into focus, everybody. So if you're listening to this on the audio, I'd encourage you to um, grab the show notes or wherever it is, click the link, go to Marlon's YouTube page so you guys and gals can see this because this here is what I call my entrepreneur freedom formula. And like, like I was saying there before, Marlon, as I sat down, I literally wrote this at a coffee shop across the street from the office probably like four years ago. And the reason I did it is because part of my vision that I wrote years ago was 10 years ago, I wrote in 10 years, um, I will not be like working every single day running my businesses. And uh, 20 years out at that time, and it still is now 20 years out, it was that I would own a portfolio of companies. I wouldn't be working in any of them, but I'd be mentoring the CEOs. I'd be helping to start companies, invest in companies that make real impact in the world, but I wouldn't have any deliverables in any of them. I'd be the coach, the mentor doing mainly things I get energy from. And so when when I sat down and, and started to sketch this out, I'm like, some of this is coming true in my life. How do I now, how do I package this in a way where I could take this and I can start to hand this to the CEOs I'm working with someday? That I can start to, you know, make this the model that we build everything off of. And then I want to go through and literally over the years, what my aim was then is I said, I want to figure out everything that I have done in order to make this work, to build a business of what I call freedom and impact. And I want every one of these little nodes to have a training and a framework that I can take and go, cool, you need to make a business strategy. Here it is. Like, here's the tools and here's my training on how to do it. And so that's what I've been doing the last you know, couple of years. But where, where I was looking at it, like I talked, for me, the main three things in order to build an amazing business that I like. Now, this isn't going to be right for everybody, right? There's going to be people who are like, dude, I'm in the phase of life where it's all about money for me. And it's going to be this big money sign in the mean. That's it. That's optimized for money. <laughs> It'll pro- you'll probably feel that for about three years, okay? And then you're going to make some money and they're going to feel empty. And you're, you're, that's how almost everyone starts. And so for me, long-term, my goal always, Marlins, I never want to retire, right? I never want to retire. And so I go, how do you then build a business to, that you never want to retire from? Well, you won't, never want to retire from it because it gives you the freedom you want. You don't feel trapped by it. You can do what you want to do. You get to do the things that give you energy. You work with amazing people. And that business makes a real impact. Meaning I'm going to show up to work every day because it's actually helping people. And this is my ministry as business, right? So then you go, well, what are the things that, that help to create that? For me, it starts with purpose. Like you mentioned, uh, I want to make sure there's purpose baked into the business. Next thing is, man, it's pretty darn stressful when you have a business that doesn't generate consistent profits, right? You can have all the purpose in the world, but dude, if it's this income roller coaster, you're stressed all the time. You really can't make the impact you want to make and you have no freedom. And then the next part is, is energy and time, which is, you know, we've got purpose. Uh, we've, we've built a business model that's consistently producing profits. I can count on it. But, and, and, and now I've been able to buy back my energy and my time, right? And there's a few things here. Uh, and this will be really key on the visual side of it, guys. So go find the YouTube video if you're listening to the audio. Is you need to look at it then and go, well, what happens? I, 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 talk, I talked with my Epic group uh, today. So it's our higher level program. And what I'm doing is I'm diagnosing where they are. Okay, what is what is their deficiency? Which one do they need more of in their business, right? And like you were saying, it all starts with vision. Okay, starts with purpose, ends with purpose, starts with vision. If we don't have the vision clear, everything else below that isn't really going to materialize in, intentionally. The business is just going to build whatever it wants to build versus what you want to build, okay? And so I'll go, okay, so 
do you feel impactful work and and you have consistent income, but your business owns you right now? You're just working your butt off, man. It it feels good and you're making some really good money and you can count on it, but you're like, man, I'm working 60 hours a week and I'm just grounded to a pulp. I have no energy. Well, you, you, you're in the hustle and grind then. Okay. And the way that you get out of the hustle and grind is this note over here by buying back your energy and time. And there's certain processes and systems to do so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Over here though, what if you're making good money and you have ample time? You're like, dude, I'm making good money. I figured out how to dial this in to 20 hours a week. I had a guy, uh, Keith Sant, he showed up to our, one of our carrot camps. He's been to like seven of them, which is crazy. And the first time Keith came, he, he, he was in the mode where he was hustling grind. He's like, dude, I had my first $100,000 a month wholesaling and everyone's pumped for him. And you could tell he was beat down and we go, Keith, what's wrong? He goes, man, I have my first $100,000 a month. And I thought things would be different. I thought like something would just a different feeling would hit me. He goes, nothing changed other than I have no time to enjoy it now. He goes, if that's what a hundred thousand a month looks like, I don't want it. And we said, well, it's not that a hundred thousand a month caused that it's that you now need to buy back time because you got this part of it down. So then we worked with him to get an assistant and change his business model a little bit. So he has some people working with him. He comes back to the next carrot camp a year later. He had the opposite problem. He goes, dude, I'm still making great money. I love it. Uh, I'm working 10 hours a week now. And he's teaching stuff and, da, 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 and he's like, my biggest problem, he goes, I feel empty. I just feel empty. I, I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm motivated to do my work. I have no purpose. And so I worked with him on purpose at Carrot Camp and after, and he's lit up now. And this is a three-year cycle, Marlon. This is a three-year cycle. You start here, you fuel that vision, you pour new fuel into that vision. You're excited. And that vision should be, should, that business vision should be about three years out, refresh your personal vision every year. Then you need to create a strategy that executes that vision. We've got processes on that, you know, build the, the, the evergreen marketing machine, add leverage to it, whatever, buy back your time then. So now you have time and a consistent business. And then right around that three-year mark is when you've got, bought, back that, that bought back the time, you've got your business cranking now, and then you're going to start to get bored. You're mm-hmm. going to go, man, I feel empty. I feel bored. I'm going to get distracted and look at other opportunities. I feel burnt out maybe because you didn't solve this, this problem right here. And that's where people make the mistake of they do one of three things. They sabotage themselves because it's painful, right? Because they've hit one of these, one of these pain lines. They've hit one of these pain lines and usually them about every, you know, uh, every revenue number of a hundred thousand, 300,000, a million, 3 million, 10, tens and threes are where the pain lines are. And every single one of those pain lines is a different solution. It's a different skill set you have to grow in as a leader. It's a different solve. It's a different level of delegation right here. You del- you're delegating tasks. You cannot grow past the $300,000 mark. If you can't delegate tasks, you're going to be stuck. Okay. You can't grow past about the $2 million mark. Um, if you can't build a team of, of leaders and delegate results, you can't build past the $10 million mark. If you can't delegate success and build like in hire real builders, uh, executives who can build independently of you. And I've got stuck at every one of those, uh, every one of those levels and you figure out how to fix it. But this is a three-year thing and I'll, I'll shut up and toss it back. Once you get to here and you've solved some of those and now you go, okay, I either now need to refuel my vision because I'm starting to get, I ran out of fuel in my vision. I'm losing energy on it. I'm getting distracted. Refuel the vision another three hours, three years out to get excited about again, elevate the strategy of your business. And then you go, cool. I got my vision updated. What's the new strategy. And then you go build the business machine and hire the right people for that next level of the business. 
Hey guys, Marlon Johnson here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. We'll get back to it in just a moment. First, I want to say thank you for your continued support. And I'm happy to share with you that we've relaunched MMC. MMC is the millionaire mindset community. If you love these thought-provoking conversations, then you need to be a part of MMC and get in the room with other like-minded entrepreneurs. MMC is a private group where we connect daily to work on ourselves and our businesses. We have daily Zoom calls with other entrepreneurs who are setting goals, collaborating, and doing business together, plus a weekly coaching call from either myself, other coaches, or special guests. Also, being a part of MMC allows you early access to podcasts like this before they air, as well as behind-the-scenes conversation that my guests share. Because I want to make joining MMC a no-brainer, I'm offering listeners a seven-day trial for just $1 by going to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com. Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com, and when you register, you'll be able to do a seven-day trial for just $1. And if you don't get value from being in the room with the right people, you can cancel your membership on the sixth day. So what do you have to lose? Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com right now and register. Don't wait any longer to change your life. I'll see you in the room. Now back to the episode. See, Trevor, I, I love this. And actually, the, the first time I think I heard you speak about this was in one of your like your truck talks where you're, you're mm-hmm. driving to work, you're in the truck, and you're just you know kind of letting your mind go. Yep. And you, what was so impactful for me was actually the when you added that three-year timeline yep and i think a lot of people we like it's just it's natural that the the comparison comparison starts to begin when we're watching someone else's life and we're seeing other results and we start to get timelines completely out of whack because we're comparing our chapter seven to someone's chapter 70 and so when you said that three-year time frame i thought wow how many people need to know this because Mm -hmm. it's really interesting we learn to be persistent we learn to go at it and to chomp down and to not let go. And you actually say like, well, no, actually in about three years, you're going to need to essentially let go of the thing that got you here, the thing that got you to be successful and create a new vision. You're going like boredom is actually a natural part of this. You're going yep. to grow out of that season and you can't hold on to it anymore or else it will keep you trapped. And no matter how much financial success mm-hmm. or how much that past success is, it won't really bleed into the future anymore you've got to continue to change dude 100 percent. and and this this is what i learned so I've, I've got a new graphic up for those of you who are just listening on audio but on the video side this could be a big unlock talking you know about what marlon talked about and marlon is was, was crazy when, when i was sitting here writing these frameworks out and just working with other people um, i i've never done coaching before like i've been coached i've had a coach every day since 2016 and in in my life and it's dramatically changed my life but I never coached anybody. I had a ton of people reach out to me to ask for coaching. I've coached my team. Like I've coached my employees. Right. But as I sat down to really start to consider coaching someone, I took on two one-on-one coaching students last year, mainly just so I could learn the coaching chops. I'm like, I need to get better as a coach. And what better way to do it than coaching someone whose business I don't know as well as my own. Mm -hmm. And every single time, dude, I saw that pattern. I saw the three year, the three year, the three year. And now like, if I talk to people, um, like, like with some of my Epic plan members this morning, they can talk through it. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're probably about you know, somewhere between two and four years in your business. Right. They're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm three and a half years in. Yeah. I know you are because of what you talked about and where you are in your business. Or I'm like, I'm like, you're probably what six to eight years into the business. 
yeah, I am. Okay. How'd you know that? Well, because it's not because I'm a crystal ball guy. It's because I see patterns and I've documented the patterns enough over time that I know what challenges you're likely going to go through. So here's where this was awesome for me, Marlon is for me. And I think for a lot of people too, is can, can you imagine, like, uh, imagine this, you're on a journey and I've never said this story before. So hopefully this comes out good. I'm just making this up, but imagine you're on a journey, you're in a boat, right? And there's like five islands out there. Uh, three of the islands you can't even see. They're so far out there. Like, they're like beyond the horizon, but you know where you're going, right? Because you have the vision, right? So you got in the boat uh, because you had the vision. You're going to go to that island. There's an amazing party over there and there's an awesome house you're going to live in for a while, okay? There's something drawn you that you're excited about. But there's two islands that you can see out here, okay? So here's one scenario. One scenario is I'm going to go to that island. I'm going to get off. Okay, cool. And I'm going to get back in my boat. Going to go to that island, get off, celebrate. Awesome. And everything's smooth sailing. Okay, I'm just picturing the smooth sailing, everything's smooth sailing. Cool. I know where I'm going, da, 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 but we know life is not smooth sailing. So what if halfway to the second island, and we don't know how far the third, the, the third, fourth, and fifth islands are out there. We can't see them yet. The map doesn't tell us. Halfway, through, halfway to the second island, we have this storm hit us. And this storm's bad, like battering us down, right? It's just hammering us. It's tossing the boat. A couple of my buddies fell out of the boat. I don't know where they went. Um, I'm looking at it. My map is gone. Shoot. Like, so the vision just got washed out and it's so painful in that moment. You're going, dude, everything is still blue skies behind me ahead of me. It looks nothing like storms. Cause I'm in the storm right now. I'm going to turn this thing around and go back to where I'm comfortable, where the blue skies are instead of sailing through this, mm-hmm. you're going to turn around and, and go back to the blue skies almost every time. Cause you don't know how, how long the pain is going to last. And you also don't know how to get through that storm. Now let's get, let me give you another scenario. Let's say you started the journey. And there was a, a map that said right here between island one and island two, there's going to be a storm. You know what? The storm's only going to last for two days, though. And here's the three moves you need to make to get through that storm. Stick with it because if you make these three moves, you're going to get through the storm. Okay. I'm going to go into that going, dude, I'm going to prepare for the storm coming up. I'm going to enjoy the good times, but I'm going to make it through the storm because I know it's coming and I know how to get through it. That's where I started to see these levels. If you know there's storms coming and your business is going to break at threes and tens, and you know how to get through every one of those threes and tens, you can look at that. So when you hit the challenges, you don't go like this. Like, I'm, I'm going to draw this out, y'all. You don't hit the challenges and then think they're hard. Then I'm going to go shoot. I'm going to avoid all this pain. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable, starting a new business, getting distracted with something new rather than fixing and learning how to grow through this. And now I'm going to go start something new. So then I hit the same pain point again. Oh my gosh, it's painful again. Like it was before. I'm going to sell the company. I'm going to self-sabotage. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go back again. You're always on this continual thing. Okay. Rather, instead, if you know that about every three years, you're going to hit that challenge, you can prepare for it. And you seek out the people, the mentors who can give you the map to get through that. Now you're going to hit and go, okay, let me recenter. It's hard. I got to recognize it's hard, but it means I've got to grow. I've got to learn a new skill. I've got to solve some things, but you know what? I'm going to stick in my existing business, maybe and reinvent my existing business. I'm going to have a vision that helps me continually grow this existing company. What a lot of people do is they kill that company inadvertently three years in, they get distracted by a new opportunity because it's easier to start new for them than to fix the current problem at that level of business. And then they're always on that three-year turn and burn cycle. As soon as you learn how to solve the next level in business and life, now you've unlocked the skill set you're always going to have, right? You're always going to have it. And then you just up level. And this is how you grow big businesses if you want to and truly build one that can ma- be majorly impactful. You keep doubling down on the same business instead of restarting something new every three years. 
I love the visual, Trevor. And what's really interesting is as you explain that cycle, I'm like, seriously, guys, if you're listening to this and you're not watching the visuals, head over to the YouTube channel because the visuals really make a difference. As you were talking about going to those points and backing off and going back to where it's comfortable, backing off and going back to where it's comfortable, I find that this is probably the the cause for most seem like most failure when people are yep. trying to build anything. And I'm wondering if outside of your business, and I think so because you're a pretty active guy, a physically active guy, do you find other areas of your life where you find this exact same pattern? Because my mind went to my marathon training. I recently ran um, a marathon, my second marathon. That's man. I had, luckily I had a coach and he kept telling me, Hey, you know, between mile 12 and mile 18, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where your body's going to start going through. It's going to revolt. Your body's just going to say, Hey, what the heck are you doing, man? And if you can push through that, if you anticipate that that revolt's going to happen and you push through it after you get over mile 18, it's smooth sailing. Yep. You're going to make it to the finish line. Dude, that's such a good analogy, right? Because that that's what I want people to have. And that's where I saw the value in knowing the path. Because if you have a coach who's been there before and he says what he told you, if you're in mile 16 and your body's revolting and you didn't know that, you're like, dude, am I going to die? Is, <laughs> is like, do I need to stop? And, but no, he told you that and you go, okay, I guess I hit that spot. This sucks, but you know what? I know it's going to end if I just push through it and I'm going to have, I'm going to grow on the other end of it. What happens is when, what most people do is we hit those pain points. We hit the pain line and most people uh, avoid it. We step back, we self-sabotage, we sell the company or do whatever we're going to do. Right. And, and, or you stop at mile 16 and go, oh, I, I hurt my calf and, and maybe you did, but you would have pushed through it if you knew that you were going to finish well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, when we hit those moments where we have a choice and we have that choice to say, I'm going to take path a, which is pushing through the hard point. It hurts. I don't want to do it at the moment, but you know what you're, it's hard because you're growing, right? It's just like working out. It's just like when, when you're working out, if you haven't worked out in a while and you lift the weights, you do whatever about two days in, maybe even the next day, everything's killing you, but it's a good pain, right? Cause things are growing. Your muscles had to rip down a little bit to build back up. So on the other side of that, though, is if you do push through that pain and you learn how to find that next level within you, you learn how to push through the hard stuff, dude, you're at a new level now. And you now know that you've up-leveled in life in that area and you can tackle harder stuff. I know for me, Marlon, it's like now that I know these levels, um, you know, for the past several years, I, I will plan my personal physical challenges each year. Like I'm, I'm wrapping up my second 75 hard right now. Did it last year, doing it again right now, because I knew coming into the year, there were going to be certain challenges that would require more of me as a husband, as a father, as a, as a leader. And I go, okay, if I know that that's going to be hard, how do I make that hard? Not as hard. Well, you make that hard, not as hard by intentionally doing really hard stuff elsewhere. And so by you doing the marathon, that makes every other business thing that might pop up easier to deal with. Um, but if, if you're going home and sitting at the couch and you're making all of the easy decisions and there's no hard decisions, dude, as soon as that semi hard thing comes up in your life or you're trying to build a business and the first real rejection comes up, you have a high chance of quitting because you haven't learned how to, how to go through the hard stuff yet. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to ask you this question because I'm always curious, you know, on Again, on social media, we get to see each other's highlights, which I think we should share highlights. You know, if you closed a deal, if you had success, you know, absolutely share it. However, sometimes we don't get to see the the downturns. Uh, My buddy, we call it the valley of death. 
You yeah. know, you say you have to walk through the valley of death. There's yep. no way to avoid it. The shortcut is go through it sooner. Mm-hmm. Like that's yep. the shortcut, just get in there sooner. So for you along the journey, can you think of back to a moment where it maybe felt like a valley of death, mm-hmm. but in hindsight, you now see, no, that was actually preparation for the, the next level. Oh my gosh, dude. So, so many, I mean, every one of those levels I was showing, there's probably one of those at each one of those levels. And I'll, I'll give a couple few that kind of relate to probably anyone at, at whatever phase of their business or life. So out of college, um, I gave myself a year to make entrepreneurship work. I'm like, I'm not going to get a job. I went in uh, $16,000 in credit card debt that year, paid my taxes on my credit card that year, which I don't suggest you do guys. Um, <laughs> And in that moment, probably eight months, nine months into that, that was the first version of it. Looking back on it now, it's like, wow, that was the easiest thing in the world because I've been through harder stuff now. But that was the first one where you're like second guessing yourself and going, dude, I can't put more money in this credit card. Like I physically couldn't. They wouldn't raise my limit. I I couldn't put more money in the card. And I wasn't like the stuff that I was trying to do to make money wasn't hitting. And that was the first one. And and honestly, the thing that most of the time you have to do is you've got to change a habit, a, a discipline and, and a mindset, right? And so for me there, the mindset was, okay, maybe I'm trying to get too much for me. And what if I just switched it to just giving and giving and not asking for anything in return? So rather than going up and pitching marketing contracts, which I was trying to do like online marketing things, I would just go find people locally, look at their websites shoot them a little video and send it to them and say, Hey, I found these things. You might want to, might want to send it to your web person to fix it because it would help you get ranked high better in Google. Love your business. And da, 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 enjoy. Just found this for you. And what would happen was they'd reply back and go, I don't have a web guy like to fix that stuff. And they go, can you fix it? I'm like, I'm not a web guy, but I, I can find one to do it. And then a lot of the times that would turn into a paid contract. So that was a mindset shift. Um, that one wasn't that hard though. Cause I didn't have real problems in life at that time. Right. So I think the hardest one, honestly, that caused the biggest shift in my life was in 2012. Um, This is four years after I started my first real company that made any real money. I mean, um, me and a business partner, we had an online business in the real estate space, about a half a million a year. We hit that 300,000 to a million pain line. Didn't realize it. Didn't know what a pain line was other than I felt it, right? Felt the pain. And I remember... um, we had, uh, this would have been 2010 is when I first hit it, two years into the business. And I let it go for two more years to the point where I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. And this this was, I remember waking up uh, one morning, looking at the ceiling. My wife, uh, as a physician's assistant, she was at work and she took my daughter uh, to daycare so I could get work done. I, I stayed at home and worked. I remember it was like 10 in the morning. I'm looking at the ceiling in my bedroom and going like, why do I not want to get up and do the work in the business that I had created? Like I, I was, I was having a pity party, man, like feeling sorry for myself and, and just going like, maybe I should just go get a job. You know, maybe this entrepreneurship thing's not right for me or, or maybe it's not actually a dream. Maybe it's not something that, that is a, a dream that is even good. Maybe I'm just like entrepreneurship is it's a grind all the time. No one can ever figure it out. And so I fought through that one and there's a whole mindset shift and process. I went through that and I'll give you one more. This would have been in 2016 after I started Carrot. So the 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 first one was me trying to get to 100,000, that first pain line, 16K in credit card debt, I wanting to quit, thinking I'm gonna go get it, gonna go get a job. But I said, I said I was gonna do this for a full year. So I just I'm just gonna change whatever I'm doing for the next two months and see if something changes. It did. The next one was at the three to five hundred K mark. 
didn't know how to delegate well, didn't have a clear vision that excited me. None of that stuff. Okay. Had that whole pain point and that, that period changed my life and I can go into how, and then 2016, I hit the million dollar pain line. And I, that was before I knew what pain lines were again. It just, it just got hard. And here's the last part of it, Marlon is because I didn't recognize it and I didn't know how to get through that million dollar pain line effectively. Um, I just put all the work on myself. So I was like, dude, I had um, three kids at that time, by, by that time. And I said, I'm going to do this so it doesn't impact my family. And so I would finish work at the office. I'd come home. Computer wouldn't get opened up. We'd have dinner, um, put the kids to bed, hang out with my wife. And then I would open up the, the computer about 11 o'clock once my wife went to bed. And I would just work until I was done. Oftentimes, three, four days a week, it was two to four in the morning every week just moving the business forward, moving carrot forward. I didn't, I didn't take a paycheck for a year and a half in carrot. And so one day after one of those vendors, you know, four in the morning, we were going to my parents' house about three hours away. If you, if you know, Oregon, there's the Cascade mountain range runs North South. I currently live right on the West side of it. My parents where I grew up live right on the East side of it. It's about a three hour drive through the Cascade mountain range. It was in the afternoon, man. Had driving our Yukon XL, my three kids in the back, my wife driving or my wife uh, reading. And it was one of those weird moments. I'm up in the mountains. There's guardrails, ravines, everything. I wasn't tired. I didn't feel tired. One second I'm awake. Next second I'm not. And it's just like in the movies where you go, there's no way the guy would wake up in that, like perfect like that. Um, I woke up heading towards the guardrail. I grabbed the steering wheel, swerve just in time to have the bumper scrape off the guardrail. I sit, I, I stopped dead in the middle of the highway, no cars coming. Um, hundred yards up, there's no guardrail, like on the ravine, ravine there. And just like weird timing, right? I get out, I'm in the middle of the road. I walk over, open up my, my wife's, my wife's um, door. She was reading, so she didn't see what happened. And she said, what happened? I said, I fell asleep, babe. I need you to drive. And so she got over I didn't drive on a family trip for six months. That's what introduced me to Red Bull. Like I'd never drank a Red Bull before that. Every trip I drive out of town, I had two Red Bulls sitting there because I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep. And I came home, Marlon, and this was the, the massive shift I had. If I would have known where the pain lines were and how to get through them, I would have done it way faster. I said, I need to figure out how to grow this company that requires no more than 40 hours a week. I'm not going to work nights or weekends anymore. Literally for two years, computer did not come in the house. Uh, didn't work one night, one weekend for two years. And that forced me to go, okay, I need to learn how to hire people. I need to learn how to hire leaders. I need to learn how to like really build a real business now or sabotage this and go back to what's comfortable. So that one there was hard. It took me about a year and a half probably to to truly learn um, and get the right people around me. That's the year I hired a coach. I, I went in my first mastermind that year and just started going on a growth journey. Wow. That's insane. And you know, it's really interesting that it always takes, it almost feels like it always takes getting to a wall, hitting an mm. obstacle before yep. the, the development begins again. Yep. I think sometimes people try to avoid, like I used to, as a parkour coach as well, I would, I recognize with my students that it was important to allow them to experience a bit of pain and a bit of yep. failure. That my job wasn't to make it so that they never touched the fire. My job mm. was to let them know the fire was hot and to actually let them get close enough to feel the heat, but not mm. walk away with second degree burn. That's a good analogy, man. I like it. No, yep. and like, so it's amazing that you got to go through these experiences. And now to your point, you're you're bringing a roadmap for your, your clients. You're bringing a roadmap to other entrepreneurs to help them 
get to the dream that they actually want because a lot of people they do burn out along the way. Yeah. So I mean, that's insane. That's extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And I want to be respectful of your time because I know we're coming up here on the hour. So I want to start to wrap this up. And the way I like to wrap up all of these calls is, or these um, episodes is, there's two of my favorite questions I like to ask everybody at the end of every episode. Love it. So the first one is very selfish. This is how I grow my library. It's books have been paramount for me. They've yep. just given me paradigm shifts. I've been able to download someone else's perspective and thought mm-hmm. process uninterrupted where I couldn't just stop them in the middle and just yep. like stop their train of thought. So it's been very helpful for me. So for you, are you able to name one, but no more than two books, yep. total paradigm shifts for you that yep. after you read, you never quite went back to thinking the same again? Dude, hundred percent. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two. Um, this one here. I almost guarantee, unless they heard it from me, I almost guarantee no one on this thing has probably ever heard of this book or bought it. Like I've never met anybody who I've ever told this book about who's ever heard of it. So it's called The Five Major Pieces to the Life Puzzle, a Guide to Personal Success by Jim Rohn. Like I, I love Jim Rohn stuff, right? Dude, I got this book in whatever year. I don't remember when it was. Somewhere between 2008 and 2010. Uh, when I was going through some of those challenges, it's the simplest book in the world to read, man. It's short. It's like 120 pages, but it is so prescriptive and helps you build up your, your mental operating system for life, dude. It's so like every, the way I read Marlon is I dog ear books. Like I dog ear pages and I write in it. This book is like almost all dog ear. Like <laughs> and so I read this book every year now. I read it first in that time period and that changed my perspective in the early days. And then I didn't pick it up for probably 10 years because I'm like, oh, that was a beginner's book, right? And then I was going through and I heard something years ago. Someone said, um, you know, the, 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 the best thing to do is like read the same 100 books or the same 50 books over and over again, rather than reading a thousand books. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to go back to some of those ones. I read this again this year as an eight-figure entrepreneur. Dude, I dog your different things. I circled stuff. I've recorded podcasts on these topics. Love the book. Um, the second book that is probably lesser known, I'm going to give some that are lesser known for, for everyone. There's great ones, Atomic Habits, all those, right? But um, this one's called The Pumpkin Plan. So this one for me in 2016, uh, that's when that one hit me was in 2016. I've had Mike McCallowitz on my podcast twice. First time I interviewed him, I didn't have a podcast. And I'm like, I just need to talk to the guy who wrote this book because it impacted me. I pitched him, dude, want to come on my podcast? I don't have a podcast, dude. He just came on and I interviewed him and I asked him all the questions I wanted to ask him. I've still got that interview. I've still got that file somewhere. <laughs> but uh, dude, that one for me, because at that time, it might have even been before 2016, I had too many things going on. I had too many pumpkins. I had four or five businesses and they weren't all doing that great. And it taught me that concept through the analogy on page 16, page 16, Literally, Marlon, I've read 16 pages of that book and I've probably bought the book for 100 plus people. I haven't read page 17 or beyond. I read to page 16. I shut the book. I'm like, that's all I need. And um, that analogy he gives on how the, the pumpkin farmers grow the world champion pumpkins, it just changed my perspective. I'm like, okay, it's not better to have a bunch of different things going on. It's better to trim and weed, trim and weed all of the things on that vine with that pumpkin that I think has the biggest, the biggest opportunity. And I'm just going to focus all the energy in that one pumpkin. That one changed me big time. 
Trevor, I can guarantee you I'm going to be making like a little short clip out of what you just said, because cool. that's been the message I've been preaching now for the last few months, mostly wow. because I'm just whenever I talk to someone else, I'm really talking to myself. Yeah, and yeah, me too. Was that reminder of just focus, focus, yep. focus. No is a very powerful word. It's a complete sentence. Yep. I so, love it, man. That is so good. So I've got those books written down. I love Jim Rohn. I never heard the five major pieces to the life puzzle. That's awesome. And the pumpkin plan is funny enough. I've had that book recommended to me several times and it hasn't been picked up yet. So that book's being picked up immediately. Cool. Okay, cool. Now, this final question is one of my favorites. In fact, I hope to one day put together a just a collection of everyone's answers. Mm. And the question goes a little something like this. Trevor, I want you to imagine that tomorrow you're going to wake up. And as you're waking up, as you're opening your eyes and you're coming to consciousness, you are a blank slate. You don't remember the years of entrepreneurship. You don't remember the connections, the friendships, the lessons, the pain points. I mean, it is all completely gone. Yep. Now, you're not freaking out. It's not a Saw movie, so you're not scared or anything for your life. You <laughs> recognize you're in a safe place, but you just, you're total amnesia here. Yep. And as you're coming to, a thought begins to come to your mind. Mm. And when this thought comes to your mind, for whatever reason, you don't question it, you don't mm. doubt it, you accept it, and you take it 100% on faith. No one can convince you that this thought is wrong. What would you prefer for this thought to ideally be? Hmm. That's good, man. That's deep, dude. That's deep. Um, that thought. I think, honestly, dude, it's it's uh, it'd probably be one word. It'd just be serve. Just wake up and serve. Um, I know from from my perspective of my faith as well. It's like just really finding people who need of you, you know, what, what can you give of, of, of yourself, whether it's skill sets or your time or your finances, whatever it is, just serve. But as I look at every part of my entrepreneurial journey, looking back where things shifted and got better is when I stopped thinking about myself, I started serving others. So just be serve. And when you do, you'll find the opportunities and uh, your life becomes a lot more sweet. I, I love that answer. That is so spot on. And it actually made me think about what you mentioned as one of your first mindset shifts mm. where you said, well, you know, how can I just, instead of wanting like to take, how can I just go out and give and how that was one of the first things, actually uh, a book I keep on my side is the go-giver. And it's one oh, of dude. my books that I love just gifting yep. out because it was such a mindset shift. I love so it. That answer resonates. So Trevor, I got to say, first off, thank you so much, you know, for coming on, for sharing with us your time, sharing with us your experience, your knowledge, your energy for the people that are listening. And they're like, OK, I like this guy like he is spot on. He's like he's speaking my language. He's been through experiences. I want to connect with him. I want to work with him. I want to mm -hmm. learn more about how to get into his group and understand yep. the entrepreneurial formula. Like how should people connect with you? Where should they go? Dude, probably the best spots to plug into both free, uh, go to, go to, go to Instagram. So find me Trevor.mock, not Trevor.mock L. That's the scammer who started an account copying me yesterday, but Trevor.mock, M-A-U-C-H. Um, and follow me there because I publish a lot of the stuff there and you'll be able to probably pretty much tap into anything in my ecosystem once you get there. And then uh, the carrot cast. So you mentioned you listened to my truck talks, just carrot, like the vegetable cast. I can go to Google, type that up or go to Spotify or whatever. And every Thursday I roll out a podcast from talking on my phone, driving or working out or whatever, just this kind of stuff. This is the stuff I talk about in those. So carrot cast and find me on IG Trevor.mock.
So guys, I'm going to have all of that in the show notes and in the description. So you can just click one link. So do me a favor, go down, make sure that you're following Trevor on Instagram. In fact, if you got value from this episode, what I want you to do is tag Trevor, tag myself on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening. And I want to know what impacted you from this episode. So again, Trevor, thank you so much for this. I'm going to make sure that we send as many people your way because you're one of those people that truly you you inspire, your words hit deeply and they carry weight because you live in alignment with them. Dude, I appreciate it, man. Dude, I, I appreciate what you're doing, getting messages out to the world and being the type of type of guy that you are. I mean, you, I think you attract amazingness to you just with your energy. And I, I think there's a reason why I stopped on the way to the airport and stopped at, at Pace's thing. And it was for meeting amazing people like yourself. So appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. All right, guys, we'll be back here next Monday for the next episode. I'll see you guys next week. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, guys.